In the darkest day of the year, in the Old Norse tradition of the Yuletide Festival, people would gather in temples to give tribute to Odin and pray for blessings in the new year to come. They drank strong, dark beer and toasted the gods, the departed, and each other as they looked forward to lighter days ahead. These festivals were also marked by animal blood sacrifice as gifts to the gods. It was bloody. Very, very bloody. That is, until King Hawken of Norway began to reign. Hawken was of noble Norse blood, but was raised in the high courts of England and became a devout Christian. When he returned to Norway in an attempt to rule the land, he kept his religion a secret, instead partaking in the beer-drinking and bloodletting traditions of the Yule Festival. Earning him favor with the local chieftains, Hawken became the king of Norway and ruled from 934 to 961 AD. He combined the Yule holiday with Christmas and mandated that each household must brew a batch of Christmas ale with a punishment of banishment from the country if anyone failed to do so. The Norse people took this to heart and every year created dark malted and spiced Christmas beer. The best batches were received with high honors. And a surprise to no one, Beer was much more popular than blood and more blood from animal sacrifice, and soon the whole country was converted to Christianity. Just as the old saying goes, you can convert more people with beer than with blood. Today on Beer Matters, the podcast, we will discuss those delicious winter beers that help get us through the darkest days of the year. Okay, um, we were just listening to Jab. You don't remember that? No. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, um, since you were probably too young to remember this one, this is um, Deck the Halls by Mannheim Steamroller. This is from their uh, Christmas album. It came out in um, 1984. So that was the year you were born, right? 1984? That's right. So yeah, I guess you probably wouldn't remember that. But um, Mannheim Steamroller was kind of this like like new agey sort of like synth orchestrated um, band they're trying to like take orchestrated music like symphonic music and like make it synthy and new agey so they had five records before this and this one was like the one that was the hit like this was a hit record um it, <laughs> the like... christmas everybody's <laughs> christmas album is the hit record right <laughs> i know it's like, like what's mariah carey known money. for she's known for the christmas at music She's got a she's got a lot of accolades on her own, but you know, like you have a Christmas album, you're gonna you're pretty much set for life. So like, yeah. um, it, it hit like the top um, two hundred when it came out. Um, it, it peaked at number fifty, which is pretty good. Most recent record I could find of how many um, record sales it has: Mannheim Steamroller's Christmas album, uh, six time platinum in um, two thousand four. So. Those guys are making loot. I hope they had a good record contract. 
<laughs> Here's hoping. Okay, uh, I'm so excited uh, to be here. This is um, our my first episode that I'm doing uh, with a remote guest. I'd like to introduce myself. It's me, Steve. I'm the host of uh, Beer Matters, the podcast. During this podcast, we discuss beer and beer-related topics. Really excited to have this guest with me. He's coming in all the way from the Mideast, Midwest, Grand Rapids, Michigan, Beer City, USA. He's probably the one of the premier lawyers in uh, Grand Rapids. So if you ever need some legal help, you can get a hold of him. I probably known I've known him for his entire life. He's known me for most of mine. Uh, I may have bought him his first beer. Please welcome my first younger brother, Tom Worsfold, to the podcast. Thanks for coming on, Tom. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me. It's been at least a month of us trying to coordinate a time for us to to get together and um, <laughs> to be able to record. It's after um, it's after Christmas. It's after New Year's. We probably should have done a, a Valentine's Day episode, but you know, I, I'm I've decided to like try to embrace just like a winter theme, holiday, New Year's, um, holiday spirit, holiday beer episode um and so we're just we're just gonna roll with it and if it comes out in february it comes out in february right that's all right you know we got uh multiple time zones and four kids between us you know it's just the way it goes luckily um okay not luckily but it just so happens that my wife took my um son um out of town they flew up to seattle today um so they're they're gone and i was like oh what wife and kid are out of town what are you gonna do Oh, I'm gonna report a podcast <laughs> Perfect. remotely with my with my brother in Michigan. So uh, I'm glad you were uh, free tonight to to be able to talk. I asked Tom a little earlier if he would take beer from Michigan that he likes that he or I don't know I assume you like it or just a beer uh, from Michigan that you you wanted to talk about or um, show to and, and to have at the top of the show. So could you um, tell our listeners what what beer you picked out from Michigan? Yeah, so I, I picked two, and I'll explain to it why. One, I wanted to go keep with the theme. And so this is from Bell's Brewery, which was kind of like the first Michigan craft brewer on the scene. They're out of Kalamazoo, Michigan. And they take their Christmas ale, which is a Scotch ale, and they age it in bourbon barrels. And then they add orange peel and cherry and make old-fashioned holiday. Um, and, and this is my last one. Um, that I got for this season and I, I thought I'd do it, but then it's 10.8% alcohol and we've got a couple more beers to get through tonight. And I, I do have to wake up in the morning and get my kids out the door and get to work. Um, so I, I did just want to make mention of that. Cause I think this is a really cool beer. They only, you know, it's limited release. They only do it um, around the holidays uh, and, and it's kind of hard to find. So uh, I got that for Christmas this year, which was exciting. But the other one, you've had this one, actually. You had it last summer when you were visiting. This is Space Rock from Shorts Brewery, um, and oh, it yeah. is a pale ale. Um, Shorts is up in Bel Air, Michigan, which is a small little town uh, right near where uh, you and I and our brothers and our dad went to summer camp on Torch Lake. And they started out as this really small brewery and have sort of put in the sweat equity to expand their uh, distribution and their reach and their offerings and 
a lot of trial and error. They make some really good beer now, and they expanded a big production facility in Elk Rapids, and that's where um, I tried this for the first time. And I didn't know this until I bought it um, on the shelf recently, is that it was crafted to remove gluten. And so it is a, a gluten-free beer. Um, oh, no not kidding. that I'm a gluten. Yeah, exactly. I'm not a gluten free guy by any means. Like I, I don't have any sort of sensitivity and I don't pretend like that's supposed to be healthy because you take the gluten out of something. Uh, but it says it's product fermented from grains containing gluten and crafted to remove gluten. Uh, but then they say we can't guarantee that there's not any gluten. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. Well, you know, it's nice for people who have, um, gluten sensitivities, like, um, you know, I, someone who like can't have any gluten at all probably wouldn't be able to drink that beer anyway. But people maybe who are a little sensitive to gluten, you know, that's still something that they, that they can um, drink and enjoy, which, you know, I think is great. It's uh, a nice inclusive thing that not every uh, brewer does. And it's nice when they do. Uh, can you describe the can? Yeah. So it's a purple can. Um, there, I haven't really looked all that closely at it. There is... Um, a little trail of like hop flowers floating around a moon or a planet or something that kind of look like, I don't know if it's supposed to be like a ring or asteroids. And then there's little gold flecks all out in outer space. Um, there's another planet with some alien guys. One of the alien guys is driving a, like a snowmobile. <laughs> there's, there's a space dude on it. And so it's just, there's a UFO uh, sucking up a person from, the planet and a couple constellations outlined. So it, it, it's, it's a funky can. Yeah. That's some cool artwork. I like it. What's the uh, alcohol content on that? 5%. 5%, even five. I like that. Even five. Yeah, exactly. Which is just like, you know, you can, you can have a few of them. It's pretty light and easy drinking. It, it's got a little haze to it. Um, you know, yeah. it's not super clear for a pale ale, uh, but it's just got a really nice flavor. Um, really good balance, easy to drink. And it, it just, it, it tastes really good. I, I had it at the uh, brewery last summer and got my growler filled with it. And actually a couple times because I like it so much. Yeah, I think I um, enjoyed that one as well. Does it have a nice kind of hop flavor to it? Like you you might mistake it for an IPA if you didn't know better. Um, and, and, and so it's kind of got that similar, uh, I guess, profile. Those are nice. I like those uh, pale ales that got a good. That has like a nice hot bite that um, is lower in alcohol, a little easier to drink. Um, I, I don't know why I said earlier that five percent was um, an even five. Five is an odd number. I just want to correct myself for that mistake. Well, but the from... point zero zero is not odd. Hey, there we go. All right, I was. I, I take it all back. I was right. In the, I was right the first time. <laughs> uh, can you get that uh, anywhere in Michigan, or do you have to? Can you only get it up north? No, this is in the grocery stores down here in Grand Rapids. Uh, so I, you know, Shorts has been distributing statewide for a while now. Um, and so I, I assume that you can get it anywhere. Um, I, You know, it, it's funny because when Shorts first started brewing, and that was probably back in, what, the mid-aughts um, mm. would be my guess when they opened yeah. up. And, you know, th their beer is pretty good. They had Huma Luma Licious. Uh, which was kind of their what they were known for, uh, which is a really hoppy, um, high gravity IPA, um, and you know it's pretty good, but it's not something very, you can just very, drink a very hoppy. Of. It's pretty good, and and I know you know I tried a couple of their other things and just wasn't a huge fan, and so I hadn't really spent much time drinking a lot of shorts over the years, um, and until we went to their um, 
uh, gosh, what do they call the place, the, the pole barn or whatever, um, last summer. And they've got a great, really cool spot there where they have food trucks come in and a big lawn where their yard games are. It's really kid-friendly. They've got a big sandbox that the kids can play in. And, um, you know, they just they just serve their beer there. And so we went and took the family. You guys were with us and um, had a great time. And, um, you know, so I, I tried a few of their different beers. And, you know, there's some other than the couple that I'd had before that are good, but I can't drink a lot that I, I enjoy more. So I've been keeping my eye open a little bit more for shorts lately. I was, yeah, I was thinking back when we were there this summer. It's, I think that, I believe that's their uh, production facility, right? It is. Mm-hmm. It'll say right on the can, brewed in uh, Elk Rapids, Michigan. Yeah, so they're brewing their beer there. They they were brewing their beer there for a while and then opened decided to open up a tap room there. Um, and Elk Rapids is a, it's not a big town, but it's a tourist town in the, in the summer. So it makes sense for them to have a tap room there for people to come and hang out and drink. And, and yeah, I agree. It's got a nice outdoor patio, some nice indoor space, uh, a giant sandbox, which my kid was pleased as punch just to sit in there and play with trucks in the sandbox while I could um, <laughs> drink beer with you and uh, my wife and your wife and uh, my other brothers and my parents and all the random uh, friends that we would run into <laughs> while we were sitting there drinking as well. So I uh, I like that spot a, light, a lot, and, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that beer when, when I had it this summer, if I recall correctly. I, I remember you saying you liked it um, when I had you when I well when I shared my growler with you. Um, but they yeah. So the interesting thing about you know shorts is that for the longest time in Michigan, um, one company wasn't able to have more than one tap room in the state. They were limited to one location, and so that and so Bell's for instance opened up a brewery in Upper Michigan in the Upper Peninsula in Escanaba, which is where uh, my in-laws are from. And they had it under a completely different company. It was a subsidiary, essentially, called Upper Hand Brewery, but it was the Bells guys. And then eventually um, the craft beer industry, probably founders, really lobbied the legislature to change that to allow them to have more than one location. And founders opened up their Detroit tap room and Shorts opened up their um, Elk Rapids one. And, you know, a bunch of other breweries have opened up kind of uh, multiple places across the state. What a dumb, dumb law. Gosh, you glad that's through. Yeah, I, I wonder what the reasoning behind it might have been. Yeah, who knows? Protect other bar owners or something? Just something, I guess. some weird protectionist racket from <laughs> the early 1900s. Well, it's funny because the weird protectionist rackets in Wisconsin, where I lived for eight years, um, that I understand the logic behind that with the, with the tavern lobby um, and the way they do things, the, the, how they do it. Yeah, Wisconsin, you can't buy beer after nine o'clock, or is, is that is that correct? Yeah, it, the, it might have the changed store, a little the bit. Store. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah, anywhere other than at a bar, and so Wisconsin has just you know the number of neighborhood bars that there are. Every neighborhood in Milwaukee has like four or five bars in the neighborhood, um, and, and wherever you walk to, there's bars within walking distance, and they want you to not buy beer and drink at home. They want you to go to the bar and drink beer. And then the first DUI in Wisconsin is a civil infraction. And so you get one freebie because they don't want you to be deterred from driving home from the bar after you go and get your drink. So yeah, Wisconsin, Wisconsin's something else. 
Unreal. I do remember. It, that's what the one of the things I think I liked most about um, coming to visit you when you li- were living in Milwaukee is that there would just be a random bar where you wouldn't think there would be. It's just like a, a residential area, and then all of a sudden, smack it, dab in the middle, just be a bar, which is uh, great. I think I love it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Okay, and then uh, an- another thing about shorts that I, I d- had to mention is uh, Joe Short, the, the brewer owner of Shorts Brewing, is a big uh, ween fan. He at least used to have some uh, beers named after Wheaton Tongs. I, I hope he still does. I think he does. I w- when I was in there last, I was wearing my um, Wien the Mollusk uh, t-shirt that I got at the most recent Wien concert I went to. And he, of course, gave me props and was stoked to see that cool uh, album art of that Mollusk monster on, on my blue t-shirt. It was pretty cool. Totally. Um, okay, can I uh, tell you what I'm drinking? Please do. I kind of got excited. I was like, oh, I'm, um, I'm actually going to drink uh, one of the beers that you have sent to me. Uh, check it out. It's the, um, oh, wrong camera. It's the Kentucky uh, Breakfast Stout Espresso. Oh, nice. Uh, it's old. It's, um, I think this is 2020. Bottle 10, 15, 20. What I've learned uh, recently is that you don't really want to um, wait too long on especially coffee stouts because the coffee flavor kind of um, dissipates really quickly. Um, so I, unfortunately, I think it's a little past its glory. I'm, I'm still getting like some hints of coffee flavor, but not, I don't think it's where it's, it's supposed to be, you know? Yeah. And, and they, you know, the, the founders brewers um, always say like, yeah, that, you know, we age it for you. It's meant to be drank right away. Yeah. Um, but people have cellared their KBS as long as founders has been releasing kbs it used to be a really exclusive beer um they'd come out only seasonally you'd have to get essentially a raffle to get in and get yours and it was a a huge commodity um and then when they expanded their barrel production i mean it's everywhere and the problem is is you see it in stores and it's been sitting there forever because it's expensive um you know four pack is going to run you i don't know 20 bucks or so and for for 12 ounce bottles um and so a lot of it it's it's hard to get fresh unless you actually go to the brewery it's a pretty good deal for um for a barrel aged stout though like 20 bucks for a four pack is is pretty good yeah it's not too bad that's a good point but this this old-fashioned holiday i i got was i think 25 bucks for the uh, four pack yeah and um you know basically what my problem is i get these i get these barrel aged stouts that i love and I'm just like, well, I can't drink this. It's 10% alcohol. I, mm-hmm. I'm i just going to put it on the shelf and then I forget about it. And here now here I am, you know, two years later being like, oh, I've got this uh, 2020 uh, coffee stout that I should have drank two years ago. <laughs> so does it, is it taste uh, pretty, I mean, like bourbon-y? Is that kind of the dominant flavor profile then at this point? No, I mean, it's just kind of like, tastes like a like a heavy stout. I'm not getting a, mm. too, too much barrel flavor and I'm just getting like, I feel like it's enough coffee flavor to like hide any like of the barrel elements. Like it's just like a hint of coffee, but it's not enough to make it like really tasty and robust, but it's just enough to kind of hide some of the other nuanced flavors to it. So I'm still drinking it. 
Yeah, they, that's been a, a recent thing the last couple of years is coming out with a bunch of different varieties of the KBS. And I can actually get um, the regular Kentucky Breakfast Stout here in, in California. I, they're <laughs> on the grocery stores out here, too. So um, it's kind of amazing that they can ship all over the country and enough so where you're like, these are on the shelf for too long, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, so they expanded to this warehouse on the side of the highway. Uh, it's probably, I don't know, like a half a mile from where their main brewery is. And that, and it says right on the sign, you know, founders barrel house. And, and so that's where they do their uh, barrel brewing. And I, you know, probably mostly KBS cause they make so much of that, but they do all sorts of, uh, they'll do four different, uh, barrel age series every year um, and they switch those up every year and, and come up with new things and they'll do some rehashes and then they'll do some strange one-offs as well. And ever since they got that huge infusion of Spanish cash um, <laughs> and, and expanded their facilities, I mean, they make their volume is huge, but they, they still stay, try to stay true to kind of their roots and um, you know, the, the bourbon barrel stouts is kind of their, wheelhouse even though they're starting to now dabble in the uh um, hazy ipas hey don't mind that no me either they're they're all day i mean all day is what really put them on the map i think um they make they make and sell more of that i think than anything all day ipa um wildly successful i definitely can get um all day wherever i can get that in, in the grocery store and i do i buy that i buy that quite often it's a good deal and um you know low alcohol but very hoppy and tasty it's a good beer to for daytime drinking and um pretty much anytime right definitely or you know if you have uh something that's a little bit higher gravity to kind of give yourself a, a break and pace yourself with on all day for sure i have a um a story about um you mentioned uh, Kentucky can or Canada breakfast stout, right? It's their, um, what's it brewed with again? Can you remind me? So it's their regular breakfast stout and then it's aged in like bourbon maple syrup barrels or something like that. Yes. Yes, that's right. So I remember, um, when, when they first started releasing that and it was like the hottest commodity. Right. And, um, I used to always go to, the summer beer festival, the Michigan Brewers Guild summer beer fest and the Michigan Brewer Guild's um, winter beer fest. And the, um, the winter beer fest was um, in Grand Rapids at the uh, local um, minor league baseball parking lot, the, the field um, where the West Michigan Whitecaps play. They did it in their parking lot. Uh, It's a blast. It's, you know, you gear up in your winter, it's outside, it's winter. You, you know, wear your winter clothes and, go out and, and drink all this beer i'd always um volunteer uh recycling or help with the fires and stuff so um i remember one year uh it was like the height of the um canada breakfast stout craze and there were they announced that they were going to do a tapping at like one o'clock or something and the line was long to get it and i was towards the back and just kind of waiting it i was like oh I'll, let's get it it's a special tapping this is a hype beer and the they didn't have very much of it at all, and it uh, they ran out really really fast, and the line was so long that it probably only got through half the people in line, and people were pissed. Hmm. They were like ready to like take the table and flip it over because they couldn't get that uh, that Canada breakfast out. I thought it was hilarious. I didn't get it that year, but I was like, oh, you know, it's just beer. But um, 
boy, I, I, that's probably the first um, hype line uh, aggro beer uh, experience of, Interesting. <laughs> of my life. And I, it's, it's not uncommon these days. So uh, that always cracks me up. It's a it's a it's great nice. beer I, for sure, but people people yeah. like I said, it's a cult favorite. I mean, people go nuts yeah. over it. Um, you know, I, I, I like I said, like I really like learned about beer um, in, in Michigan, and that's the first place where I really was um, exposed to really high quality, well crafted beer. So you know, it's always great for me to um, see some of this beer come out on the shelves here in California, and of course, you know, I'm back in Michigan. Once a year with a family, um, you know, to visit everyone, and I, I'm only drinking um, Michigan beer the whole time I'm I'm home, and it's great because there's always these, you know, new breweries that are popping up that are hot and doing cool, trendy things, and then there's the old stalwarts, um, Bells and Founders, um, Shorts that have been around for a long time, and their consistency has uh, stayed the same, and um, it's like. You know, it's really is one of the the premier beer states in the country. I put it up there with California and Oregon and, and Colorado any day. Yeah, you know, it, it's we've got great fresh water. <laughs> I think that helps a lot yeah, to be able to yeah. make great beer. And I mean, Michigan is second only to California in um, agriculture diversity as far as our, our commercial crops that we do. And so there's a lot of local hot farms as well that source for, um, you know, beer around and, and just great ingredients, fresh ingredients, great water, um, and, you know, some brewers who really know what they're doing and, and have put in, like I kind of said with shorts, they, they put in the sweat equity and, and did it, you know, the hard way. Um, founders, for as huge as they are, they, you know, almost didn't make it. They were getting you know, kicked out of their um, spot um, on the north side of Grand Rapids and uh, were, you know, about to shut down and got a lifeline along the way and um, opened up their new tap room and uh, stumbled into their all-day IPA and the rest is, is history. But, I mean, that you know, they, they almost weren't here for us to talk about Canadian breakfast stout and your KBS espresso that you're drinking right now. Yeah, I've I've, um, I've stopped drinking the uh, KBS espresso. I've uh, put that one down. How, how you're still working on yours? Um, I'm almost done. Hang on all right. Um, well, you know, don't rush. Um, I uh, that's why I wanted to at least like you know start off the show with um, ta- having and uh, talking about some some Michigan beers since. Uh, that's where you are. That's where I'm from. And, you know, it's something uh, obviously that we both appreciate. Um, our next two will be from California. And uh, let, let me keep... just jump in. Let me let me put a uh, just a quick bow on the Michigan beer discussion, because uh, I think it's please. I think it's interesting. It's just my own personal observation from, you know, I, I right after I graduated college, I went to law school in Milwaukee and stayed in Wisconsin after law school for about five years. <clears throat> And so I was away from Grand Rapids, away from Michigan for a while. And that was when Michigan, you know, was voted. I don't even remember what publication it was, but voted Beer City USA. And Grand yeah. Rapids just embraced it hard. Yeah. And there are there were so many different breweries. You know, Founders got huge, of course, but there were a bunch of small breweries that were really good and did a really good job. And when I moved back to Grand Rapids in 2015, what I noticed is that every single restaurant and bar in Grand Rapids had like a dozen or more tap handles of 
craft beer. Um, and, you know, between Bells and Founders and, you know, whoever else, uh, Fat Tire, uh, Sierra Nevada, you know, just everywhere instead of what I was used to in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I drank a lot more wine with my wife when we lived in Wisconsin, uh, because you'd go to the bar and they'd have, uh, you know, your Miller Lite and your Lining Kugels and, you know, that was kind of about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we moved back to Grand Rapids and it just, the, the the amount of craft beer was everywhere and almost everybody drinks it. Um, it it's really a big part of the um, kind of culture of West Michigan, which is cool. And usually every time I come back, I'm like, all right, what's what's the hype? Where Show me the hype, the hype brewery, the new, the new fresh hype brewery. And there's always... Um, there's always something for me to go check out that's new and uh, interesting and innovative. And, and like I said, the stalwarts that are consistently good day in and day out is, um, you know, makes it a, a pretty amazing beer scene. And we'll get you to Arvon this summer, finally. This summer, we're going to Arvon. Arvon. Watch out. You, Arvon. Watch out, Arvon, folks. I'm, I'm, coming, I'm coming for you. Beer matters. It's the road. <laughs> I know. I, I got a, a portable microphone. I can... I can I can record anywhere. So we, um, like I said, this is a, this is the new year. In fact, the, um, the Chinese new year was just on Monday. So we're still like holiday new year. Um, tis the season, if you ask me. So I think we're just right in line, right on time, um, to, uh, dive into some, um, holiday seasonal beers that, um, I personally enjoy. These are two, um, that I get every single year. Um, and also two that I knew that um, that Tommy would be able to hopefully be able to find um, in Grand Rapids, and it sounds like you didn't have too much trouble finding finding our, our, our next two beers that we're going to check out. So why don't we go with the um, the uh, the Sierra Nevada next, if if you're ready for that. Ready. Okay, this is the um, uh, the Sierra Nevada Celebration Fresh Hop IPA. Um, Sierra Nevada, of course, is, um, from Chico, Colorado. That's like way up North, kind of a mountainous, um, area, Chico state, uh, universities there. Uh, I'd like to get up there someday to the brewery. I haven't been yet. It says on my can also, and, and Mills river, North Carolina. That's true. Um, they do have an East coast, um, brewery as well, which is kind of cool. Cause it can be a little fresher, you know, if it's coming from, uh, the left and the right side you're you're more likely to get get something that that isn't super old hopefully <laughs> hopefully well the celebration drinking it this time of year it's i think it's i think it's pretty fresh so uh, have you had much experience um drinking this beer before do you get it every year or is this something you're, you're familiar with generally I, I get it every year they used to sell 24 packs of it at bottles um at costco and so that was an easy one to pick up for good value and it's always good. And, um, our older brother, John, he says, this is his favorite beer. Um, you know, yeah, he loves it. Yeah. I gave him one when he was over visiting, um, over the holidays and he said, Oh yeah, that's my favorite beer. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it's great. Yeah. So, okay. I'm, um, I'm looking at my glass right now and the, and the color is, is, is really what strikes me. Um, you know, I'll, I'll drink this out of the can, especially like if I'm at a party or something, but when you pour it into a glass, it's like a really, um, amber color. It's not really what you'd expect, um, an IPA to look like. 
Um, and, and this is more of an American style IPA, like not West Coast or obviously not a hazy or anything. Um, so it almost looks like a, a, a red ale. It's very caramely. Um, so that's like one thing that I notice. Uh, the, the can itself is very recognizable. Um, it's a bright red can. It just screams Christmas. It doesn't say Christmas, just a celebration. It's got the Sierra Nevada logo on the top. And then there's like a cabin in the woods with snow on top of it and like a wreath on the door. And then these like hops off to the side that kind of look like garlands. So you definitely get sort of a, a holiday vibe from it. It's, it's like the most festive can. Um, and, you know, for me, it kind of just like kicks off the holiday season. This is like my um, pre-Thanksgiving beer. Like, okay, we're... We're about to hit the season. We're about to do Thanksgiving. We're going to roll into Christmas, into New Year's. Um, I'm going to buy myself a 12-pack of of celebration, um, you know, maybe take it to a Thanksgiving party or just have it in my fridge. It's like a solid every year. I, I, I'm going to pick this up and, and get it. I'm just having a sip of it right now, and um, it's like... It's like very piney and resinous. It's very hoppy, um, but you know it's got a pretty strong uh, like malt backbone to it. It's sort of an old school um, style IPA. If you look at the history of this beer, they started brewing this beer um, uh, eighty one. This is be- this beer recipe is as old as I am. This is from nineteen eighty one. I didn't realize it was so old. I know. Can you believe it? Every year since nineteen eighty one. And, um, it's, uh, you, you can see on the can, it says uh, fresh hop. It hasn't always had fresh hop. And basically what they do is like, right when the hop harvest is like ready to go, it's like ready to get picked, um, in the early fall, those guys, um, the Sierra Nevada crew heads up to the Yakima Valley up in Oregon. They go up to Oregon and Washington and they like pick out the hops and it's, um, uh, centennial hops and uh, Cascade hops, mostly um, Centennial. And, um, you know, they pick out the hops they like, and then they, they load them into their truck and they haul haul back to, um, to the brewery um, in California. They send another truck um, out to North Carolina, and um, supposedly they're, they've got these hops kilned and in they're brewing the beer within, like, a week. So that's what it means for fresh hop. These are, like literally right off the vine, kilned into the beer, they're making celebration. And wow. they have to get they have to get enough of it. Like this beer is everywhere, you know? Like they this is nationally distributed. It's in every grocery store. It's out, you know, early you know, like Thanksgiving time. It's out like beginning of November. So it's a it is a it's a huge undertaking and, and kind of a cool story of, of how they do this. And I mean God, props to them. This seems like a pain in the ass to make every year and get it out in time. But um, I think for a lot of people, myself included, it's just like the beginning of the season. I want to see this in the beginning of November. I want to see this around Thanksgiving and uh, kind of get me in, into the spirit of of uh, the holidays. How else are you going to know that it's time to celebrate without your celebration IPA? <laughs> I mean, you got to set the mood, am I right? <laughs> Definitely. That's what I mean. That's that's the thing. You get to you get to Thanksgiving, and like you've got a straight like eight weeks of celebrating and parties and um, time off work and wrapping up the year. <clears throat> oh, it's a whirlwind. My kid's birthday is the um, is November eleventh. 
and then it's um, like two weeks off and then it's Thanksgiving and then like a couple weeks off and like then it's like holiday parties, Christmas, New Year's, you know, it's like it's a whirlwind for sure. This is like three months old and it's um, I think it still holds up, you know, like Centennial is kind of an old school hop. It's like um, what a lot of the brewers in the 90s hopped all their IPAs with because this was developed in like, I think 1976 out of um, Washington state, the Centennial hop. And it's called Centennial after the, um, you know, the bicentennial celebration of the United States. So this was like readily available, pungent aroma, you know, real piney, you know, it's kind of like a, a workhorse hop and maybe not like so in vogue today, but I think it's still like a classic style. And, you know, you kind of, it kind of tastes like history uh, when I, when I drink this. It's like oh, this is kind of it's kind of an old school um, and kind of an old school IPA to me. It's just really well done. Um, I mean, Sierra Nevada, like you said, they've been doing this every year since 1981. Like they they know they know what they're about. They they they've got they know what a good beer is supposed to taste like. And this is, I mean, you were describing the color and I was holding my glass up to the light and looking at it as you're saying, and I was thinking, yeah, caramel. And you got to that. Um, it's just, it's rich and it's, uh, got a really complex, um, flavor that I think is really balanced. You talked about the malt backbone, um, and, and it's hoppy, but nothing really overpowers you where you're just like whoa it's just you take a sip and you're like ah you know it's just it's really nice and it's cool i like you know if if you're starting the the holiday season in the fall i I do like to start it with an ipa you know and like not necessarily your like dark winter warmers or your spice dales like i do like those too like your heart dark heavier um beers especially as you get closer to christmas you know closer to the solstice when it's like really dark and cold. Um, it's nice to have those winter warmers, but like when it's still sort of fall and crisp, um, it's cool to have a, a, you know, an, an IPA like this to, to start off the season and, you know, be drinking these red cans and, and getting in the spirit, so to speak. I don't remember what beer I was drinking, but this was, I must've been in, in law school and it was a Bell's beer, but I don't remember which one is one that came out in the fall. And Bell's on their bottles has like a little blurb, kind of a, a short little story, a couple sentences long about the beer. Um, and this one was written by Larry Bell. <clears throat> and he was saying, you know, fall is my favorite time to drink beer. And it, it's because of, uh, it, it's the harvest time, right? Every Everything is um, fresh and abundant and flavorful and you know it, it it's the harvest and um you know this this I, it just screams that especially i didn't know that about the fresh hop where they're like all right haul and tail down to their brewery get these in and let's start making it with these hops that are still sticky off the vine Twenty-eight thousand pounds of hops Twenty-eight thousand pounds of hops right like right off the vine basically isn't that crazy Mm -hmm. 
so yeah, like uh, yeah, this is good like harvest beer, and then obviously like harvest um, as far as like humanity is concerned is the the abundance of food, and then you take that food and store it and collect it, and then you like hunker down for for the winter months. I kind of like that vibe about um, winter and Christmas and the solstice. You know, it's like holidays and celebration, but it's also like darkness. Staying inside with your family and keeping warm and and drinking beer and like trying not to work too hard you know and like spending time with friends and connecting with family i I do appreciate that the flow from like harvest fall season um into winter and i you know i feel like beers sort of follow that along follow that progression and you get a fresh hop harvest ipa that's just like fresh and bright and resinous and then as you get closer and it gets darker out the winter warmers start to come out and you get the these darker beers and these christmas ales and um the bells what do you have the bells um manhattan is it manhattan uh old-fashioned old-fashioned old fashioned. holiday uh-huh. <laughs> i love yep. that i i talked about like in the in the intro a little bit one of the things that i've always liked about christmas is that it sort of combined all these um solstice and other like old, other world um traditions and, and melded it into one. They took all like the good stuff from these uh, like pagan holidays and ancient Roman holidays and sort of just squished them all into one. And we're like, okay, Christmas is all of these things and it's about Jesus, but you can have your tree, you know, you can have your beer, you can have all the, all the other things you like, but it's called Christmas and it's about Jesus. So just, just so you know, and everyone's just like, fine, whatever. And that's kind of what has stuck is, Christmas, but like everyone can celebrate the solstice too that, you know, and everyone can celebrate um, the new year and, and new beginnings. So I, I, you know, I feel like it's sort of, even though it is a, a Christian holiday is it is like also inclusive to, to all groups of people. It's universal. Every single universal. society has had a, a, some sort of celebration of light at the winter solstice because everybody from, you know, they track the, stars and the moon and they know when the shortest day of the year is and so you celebrate it because that's all right it's all uphill or all downhill from here everything is you know going to be longer daylight coming up and springs you know will be coming and um, everybody has always celebrated that um, across humanity and and it's um, you know the christian Catholics, I guess, the empire was smart in co-opting it and saying, all right, we're going to say that Jesus was born on Christmas for this holiday and this festival uh, and, and make it about our religion. But yeah, it, it's, I think, I think celebrating the soul, I mean, the, the light and the feast and all of that, I, I think that is absolutely right. It, it's, yeah, sure, it's Christian specific, but, you know, we have trees with lights on them and uh you know the uh jewish faith has the menorah and kwanzaa has lights and mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know the ancient aztecs celebrate i mean it's it just everywhere and everything the chinese it's you know it's all about um it's all about a celebration of the solstice yeah and looking back I, just from some reading it's like the old pagans like they drank they drank and they loved their trees and they, um, you know, this, it was a big deal to them, but they also had a lot of like, um, animal sacrifice. There was a lot of blood involved. And, and so they're like, all right, let's just like, you keep your tree, you keep your beer, but we're going to like stop with the blood. Huh? You know, like, why don't you just like 
suckle that pig and roast him for dinner and not like put it on an altar and spray him with water. Okay. <laughs> Another wise uh, move. <laughs> those, those, hey, Christians, man, they wouldn't be the number one religion if they didn't uh, make some smart moves back in the day. All right, I want to tell you about uh, um, another uh, like holiday, a solstice, like winter, Christmas kind of uh, tradition that I found. Um, I thought you'd get a kick out of this one. It's called um, Mary Lloyd, and it's a um, a Welsh tradition. They 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 I think they put it back to like the 1800s. But basically, what it comes down to is these the Welsh folk they take a uh, horse's skull. And they like wrap a robe around it and kind of like adorn it with streamers and stuff and kind of put it on a pole. A group of these Welsh folk take this horse head on a stick with robes and go from like house to house and they and they'll knock on your door. They'll like sing a song to you to ask to be invited inside their home. And then the 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 owner of the home has to sing back to them the reasons why why they can't come in. And it and it just kind of goes they go back and forth until um one of them relents and you know if if the if the horse head people <laughs> relent they go on to the next house and if the and if the house owners relent they have to invite them in and let them drink give them all their beer like give them all beer and food to drink <laughs> and i was like oh that sounds like kind of a, a fun a fun tradition <laughs> yeah that's the new twist on christmas caroling for sure right doesn't that sound much like a lot more fun than christmas carols <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. hello, I am at your door and I want to drink your beer. Please let me in, good, kind sir and ma'am. No, go away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like your company. But kind sir, I see that you have casts of beer in your cellar. I know that you have beer and delicious food. Please let me and my horse head in your home. Yeah, <laughs> and then you're like, "All right, yeah, come on in." All right, fine. And then, yeah, they bring in the horse head, and then like, um, and then like the horse head, like even once they're inside, like they're drinking beer and stuff, and the horse head like causes mischief inside, like scares the kids, and like, you know, like messes up the house a little bit. <laughs> wow, the crazy Welsh. They thought for a while since it like involved a um a horse head skeleton a skull. That um, this was a it had pagan roots, but it doesn't sound like it really does. I mean, it could have pagan roots, but it probably doesn't. I think it's just like a weird Welsh thing. You, unique <laughs> to the Welsh, huh? Uh-huh. We were talking about like uh, getting celebration ale in the beginning of the season as, as sort of a tradition, and you know, getting winter warmer beers as a tradition, and this Welsh horse head as a tradition. And you got any like kind of fun traditions that you do with um, with your family for the holidays or New Year's or solstice yeah. um uh-huh so my wife is an only child and so christmas was like huge for them i we used to go up to their place in escanaba um, in the up it's about six six and a half hours away from grand rapids but when we lived in uh, near green bay it was a, a short little drive and so we'd always go there for christmas and at one time i was in the bathroom and i counted like 20 separate Christmas decorations in just this one bathroom in, in the house. bathroom. Yeah. In the bathroom. And I told, and I told my mother-in-law, I was like, Bob, I just counted. You've got like 22 separate Christmas decorations in your bathroom. And she just kind of laughed and like, cause they love it. They just, 
They just love it. <laughs> and um, so a, a lot of the traditions I've just been, uh, you know, brought into um, through virtue of my uh, my marriage. Um, because for us growing up, like I, I, you know, we were so many times on the road, like literally on yeah. Christmas Day, driving to our family reunion in, um, you know, southern Alabama, and that was, you know, the the reunion was our tradition. It just didn't happen to be on Christmas Day usually, but like sometimes we'd be at Grandma and Grandpa's house on Christmas. Sometimes we wouldn't. Sometimes we'd be driving on Christmas. Sometimes we'd be home. And so I I never really thought that like. I was kind of like, well, for us, Christmas, you know, being untraditional is kind of our tradition. And so um, mm-hmm. we do, we'll go to church on Christmas Eve. And then after church before bed, uh, my father-in-law buys for us and wraps. And we get to open the one present, which is PJs, to wear to bed that night. And then wake up in and ha- wear pretty much all the next day on Christmas. Um, and then... My mother-in-law makes two different types of baked goods that are a big Christmas tradition. One is called povetica, which is a Croatian kind of like a sweet roll that's made with a bunch of uh, sweet dough and cinnamon and um, I think almonds are in it. And it's just, it's really, really good. You just cut slices off this big loaf. Um, And then she makes uh, saffron buns, which are these little yellow rolls essentially that have uh saffron in it to add a little bit of cover color and flavor um and so that's always a big tradition um you know kids like to make christmas cookies and do all that and then yeah just opening all of the the christmas presents um my wife heather has taken to um getting me beer in my stocking oh yeah way to go heather how'd you know heather that's great (laughs) it's awesome yeah santa's so smart knows exactly what i want uh it started out when we were in wisconsin and she'd go to the beer store and pick out just like a random assortment of singles um this year i got that old-fashioned holiday um and so you know a lot of times it's just something different but she'll just go to the store and she's not a craft beer drinker at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't really drink much beer anymore. And if she does, she'll like, you know, she wants Miller Lite with her, you know, hot wings, that sort of thing. Um, and, and that's about it. And so she'll just go and like, oh yeah, this looks like a fun, wintry, Christmassy um, beer. So I'll, you know, grab that and give that to him. And, um, you know, that, or she knows that I really love Bell's Best Brown. Um, which has a really cool um, barn owl on the label. And so we've referred to it as the owl beer. Um, and so she'll know <laughs> sometimes to get me the owl beer, which is just super tasty. Um, Heck yeah. And then, so, and then re- more recently, she's gotten me a uh, mini keg of Breckenridge Brewing's Christmas Ale, um, which, you know, hey, great. I've got a you know mini keg of beer, but I told her this year, Maybe we can skip that next year because nobody else drinks it with me. Welcome to my – yeah, I know, I know how that goes. <laughs> and that's a lot of work <laughs> to, to drink like a whole gallon of, you know, Christmas ale, scotch ale uh, from Breckenridge because uh, my father-in-law won't drink it. I got it, I made him taste it once and he doesn't care for it and like – 
dad was over and he doesn't really yeah. want to drink it. And when John was over, that was when he said, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd much rather have a celebration than help you drink this Christmas ale. And so it's like literally nobody wants to drink that with me. <laughs> um, but I like like I, just, I like having all that beer. Like it, it's awesome. You, and um, You needed me. You need me to um, next time. If I ever make it back to, to uh Grand Rapids for Christmas, then we'll revi- we'll revive that tradition, and I'll you and I'll, I'll finish that mini keg. Oh, that'll be easy. If I only have to drink <laughs> half the mini keg, yeah, yeah we'll polish that off uh, in the afternoon. Yeah, so those are those are some of the traditions that um, th- that we've got in our house. Shout out to uh, Heather, Rosemary, and Greg for the um, awesome, cute, wholesome uh, Christmas traditions. I know you guys do. You know, you guys do it up. You guys do a lot of presents, you do a lot of decorations, you do the Christmas cookies, you know. So um, I, I love it. I love it for the kids. I love it for you guys. The um, pajamas are so cute every single year. We still have one of our Christmas trees up and decorated and lit up here on January 25th. Yeah. I mean, uh, that warms my heart that your, uh, your tree's still up because then it means that um, it's okay that we're still doing a, a holiday beer episode. Definitely. I got a beer fridge for Christmas. Congratulations. Yeah, I love it. Um, it and I, I joke, it's like, well, if I lived, um, you know, like in the suburbs or whatever, I, it would, you know, I'd, I'd have a, a, a garage fridge or a basement fridge for, for all my beer. But since I'm in an um, apartment, I get like a cool looking like beer fridge. <laughs> yeah, totally. So what was sacrificed to install your beer fridge? Move the wine rack, really, and um, and we just had had room for it, which is great. My wife kind of has a, has a knack, Amanda, for um, buying gifts that benefit benefit her as well. So she's happy to have all the beer out of the regular refrigerator, and now <laughs> all the beer is in my refrigerator. So she's got all this more room for like her salads and things like that. <laughs> for food, yeah, funny. And yeah. probably probably milk yeah, for, for food. gashes, huh? <laughs> Yeah, food and milk. <laughs> and then uh, something else I like to do um, for the holiday. I don't do it every year, but I did do it this year. Is make a um, a homemade like Kahlua coffee uh, coffee liqueur. Oh, yeah, and it, it's it's been great. And my recipe is um, I'll buy like a nice pre made like cold brew, a big a big bottle of that from like Whole Foods or something. Uh, two thirds cold brew and then one third liquor. And I've been doing rum. I did um, an Appleton like single estate this year, which turned out really nice. And then like a cup of oh, yeah. um, raw sugar, a really like a f- nice like high end vanilla bean. Vanilla beans are expensive. Do you know that? I know. I had no idea. <laughs> so get you, but it's, <laughs> but it's worth it. It's yeah. If you get a really good one, it like. After like a week, you know, you kind of just like shake it up and, you know, give it like a week to, to marinate and uh, the, the vanilla really comes out. Got good coffee flavor. And then the um, if you get a good rum with some flavor, like you, you get some nice notes from that quality cold brew and you don't have to like brew your own coffee or anything. And it turns out really nice. And so like I'll make, um, I'll, I've been doing like, I'll do like white Russians, you know. Normally I just use like half and half or um, heavy cream. But this year, Amanda has been buying like, this fancy, like nice, um, eggnog. And I put eggnog in it this year. Oh, that's the drink. Sounds crushing. Oh dude. White Russian, uh, with homemade coffee liqueur, real, a real high quality eggnog. And that's like the most yummy, uh, Christmas cocktail you could ask for. Is, 
is like a coffee liqueur typically made with rum. Yeah, but you you um you can make with vodka. Like I I did one as a gift with vodka. It's just like you don't taste the vodka, but if you get like a a, a good rum, like you can get some like interesting notes from from the rum. I last year I did Montgay. This year I did Appleton, and I think next year I'll probably try like Myers or something just to see what what the difference is. Appleton is the last rum that I've probably drank, and we brought it home from the last time we went to Jamaica. Oh, nice! Um, so that, when you mentioned, that, I was like, "Oh yeah, Appleton Estate rum." I, yeah, I'm just not a big rum drinker. Me either. Um, but whenever I get it, I I enjoy it. Well, I mean, I enjoy Appleton especially. So, um, um, yeah, I, since I didn't use a whole bottle, I've been able to sip a little bit on this nice Appleton rum, which has been a, been a treat as well. Yeah, and that's what I uh, when we had it because we brought a couple bottles back with us, um, and I, I was just drinking it. Um, over some rocks and sipping it, and it was really nice. Yeah, it is nice, and um, I haven't been able to find the cheap uh, Appleton rum that I that I drank all the time when I was living in Jamaica mm. or um, studying in Jamaica. Um, but uh, Appleton Special is like a cheap like rum that's, as far as I remember it being like <laughs> still pretty tasty, like having some nice um, like spicy notes and like some nice. Um, fruity notes uh that you you maybe don't get in your average um lower tier tier rum so if you can find some uh uh appleton special pick yourself up a bottle there you go well and it's funny because i I wasn't fully grown up when i went to jamaica last but i was still a grown-up and so like before then the only time i would even think about rum was like oh rum and coke right because that's yeah it's like that's like what goes together um or, or when I did my trip to the BVI, um, I would, we drank, uh, dark and stormies. Oh yeah. St- spiced rum with ginger beer. Um, and that was so good. Fun. Oh, so good. Like, uh, um, like what was the, like, was it Myers or was it, was it like a different rum you, you guys were drinking? The rum that we had down there was Pressers. Pressers. Mm-hmm. Cause that, I, I think that's made in the Virgin Islands, but I, oh, I okay. Okay. I don't think I've had that one. We're getting off topic a little bit, but I think that's okay, right? Yeah, we can talk about whatever we want. It's it's our show. It it's your show. <laughs> we can move on to our um let's move on to our last beer. How about? Let's do it. Um okay, we um are on to our last holiday beer and um this is one another one that I get every single year. This is uh Anchor Anchor Brewing Company out of San Francisco. It's their uh Christmas ale. It's a dark, um, kind of like a winter warmer ale. It's got the same kind of like flavor profile that you're going to get in like an Anchor Steam and, and some of the other varieties, but it's um, got some spices in it and it's a little darker. It's got a little hop flavor. It, it just feels and tastes like a like a good uh, wintertime beer. I just took a sip. The spices are, are, are really like sets it apart. You can you get it kind of in the back of your throat, clove a little bit and... Um, I just drank some water to try to cleanse my palate from that IPA before I take a sip. Smart. I'm just I'm just going for it. Why don't you you take a sip? I'm going to read the copy. There are winter seasonals, and then there's the OG Holiday Ale from San Francisco, California, Anchor Brewing. Christmas Ale is in its 43rd annual vintage year for 2022. 43. Wow. So this is older than me. Um, each year is brewed with a different blend of spices and special ingredients that take this always dark mahogany brown winter warmer in a playful new direction. 
Usually you can get this by Thanksgiving. Um, so it's a different recipe year to year. I, I think they probably use like a similar um, base beer recipe and then they um, switch up the, the spices that they use. Every so often, every few years, and, and I, I try to tell this to people and, and see if they notice it as well, but every now and again, I'll take a sip and I, I get like a flavor of um, jawbreaker candy, like green jawbreakers. No from, way. From when we were kids. <laughs> and I'm like... Everlasting I, gobstopper? Like, and I'm like, I love it. I <laughs> freaking love it. I guess I just love candy beer, but it's not prevalent this year. But the next year that it is prevalent, I'm going to make you get another six pack and, and try it and see if you... you taste the jawbreakers yeah as soon as you taste the candy let me know and i'll get one so this is a uh, 7.2 percent. so this packs a little bit of a punch but it's not like uh um you know a super super strong uh beer i th- i like this because i can drink two of these you know i have one and really enjoy it and then the second one i drink a little slower and, and then i'm good for a while so i usually end up with like one of these in the back of the fridge almost by design every year they can be aged. The advice is not to age it over five years. Like five years is as much as you'd want to go. And even then, it's probably best straight off the bat because you're going to lose your, your hop flavors, um, you know, within that first year. So probably best to drink it. But if you want to hold on to one um, and do a comparison the next year, that's that's okay too. I know um, here in San Francisco, they'll sometimes sell six packs of like five years like or four years, which is kind of cool. Um, a built-in flight. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. So I, I, I had to search a little bit to get a six-pack. I, I looked up online at Total Wine because one of those opened up pretty near my house, and they get, you know, nearly everything. And mm-hmm. they said they had it. I went to look for it, and they didn't have it. And so I just started calling around. And one of my go-to bottle shops uh, when I lived on the other side of town had it. And so I had them set aside a six-pack for me. And oh, that's cool. Yeah, and, and I intentionally waited until now to drink one. So I've got five more. Oh, sitting you in haven't my had it. Uh, I haven't. And it, it, it's, um, I'm surprised by how spicy it is because that's not how I remember it. But uh, I've only had this once or twice, and that was back at mom and dad's house when you would seller literally the big bottles of the anchor christmas ale uh and you had like four i think different years of them and you get them every year you weren't living there but you kept them there and i don't remember if you were still living in michigan uh over by ann arbor or if you had moved to california by then uh but I, i was home and like i think i opened a bottle and you got mad at me and then you forgave me. And then I think the next time you were home, we had one together. Um, but I was like, oh, what's all this beer? <laughs> this looks good. I, you know, dad only has MGD in the fridge. So, like, maybe I'll, maybe I'll have one of these. And I yeah. did and, and uh, drank this big bottle of the Anchor Christmas Ale. But I re- I seem to remember it having more of a mouth feel mm-hmm. of like the Anchor Steam, which is um, really a lot smoother, um, yeah, and and not as uh, spicy. And so I don't know if that is just my, uh, you know, confusing the memory of the Anchor Christmas versus just an Anchor Steam, or if having it cellared for a few years. Um, it mellowed out a lot. You know, that could be, um, 
I'm gonna. I, I gotta tell you something. I um, found on, on my shelf the, on the same shelf that I that I found this um, founders um, espresso KBS was a um, an anchor Christmas from fourteen, I think, or twenty twenty thirteen. Nine. It was nine years old, and so I, a part of me was like, "Oh, mate, what? I should hold on to this for another year and see what it tastes like after ten years." And then the other part of me was like. No, I don't think this is going to be I don't think it's good now. I don't think it's going to get it's not getting any better. So <laughs> so I but I threw it in the fridge and I was like but out of curiosity and um threw it in the fridge and got it cold and cracked it open and and I took like a couple sips and I was like, "Oh, this is this is pretty good actually. It's not bad." And then I kept drinking it and I was like, "No, this is not this is not good." Not good. <laughs> like no, it's like all the all the spice, all the flavor, all the hops um, was just gone. It just tasted like it was just kind of like a fizzy, kind of like a barley water. It just the, all the flavor was gone. It was not good. So, um, five years, don't go, don't go more than five. Definitely, definitely go, don't go nine. But yeah, it's. I mean, the recipe is different every year. They use different spices. Um, I assume the base is pretty close to the same recipe every year yeah it's always going to taste a little different and it is kind of fun if you can drink last year's with with this year's just to see what if you notice any any differences yeah this is um it's really it's really good i'm I'm really enjoying it yeah it's 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 tasty this it's it's a good one this year and um we're drinking it out of the uh the 12 ounce bottle and um you you made a note of, of a big bottle. They they release these in these giant magnums, and the magnums are fifty point seven ounces. They're huge, and I like I love getting these giant bottles of beer. Like I used to do it all the time, because at least when I lived in Michigan, you would at least drink them with me. Probably <laughs> I could find someone to drink with with me, and now no one no one will drink it with me, so I don't buy the. Um, the magnums anymore i'm pretty sure i have one probably on a shelf somewhere but I, I don't buy them i love these little um uh these bottles they got kind of like a curve to them and it's got this like old school sort of looking label um they do a different um tree um on the on the label every year uh which is kind of cool and um anchor recently went through a rebrand and now they're moved away from bottles. I think they're only cans now. And the logo is like so basic. It's just like uh, like a bright color, like yellow or blue with just like a big anchor on the front. And it's such a bummer because it's a historic brewery. And, and one of the things I really liked about their old branding was these like cool old bottles with the um, curve in, in them and the, the labels that were sort of glued on and had these like old timey um designs of like ships and anchors and and things like that and they've they've definitely moved away from that but i am glad that they they've kept kind of the old school um vibe for the for the christmas sales so they're gonna like hold on to uh one nostalgic um beer design i'm glad it's the the christmas that's cool um i didn't know that about their rebrand brand which is kind of lame but um you know i guess you figure you got to get yourself noticed somehow but this, this the tree on this one is the blue gum tree which uh the scientific name is eucalyptus globulus or globulus but wow, it, it kind of looks like uh the, the drawing on it is um sort of like what you'd see for like 
I don't know, Darwin drawing his finches, right? Or like yeah, yeah. an 1800s botanist doing like a really, really good, accurate pen or ink drawing of this tree, uh, which is cool. And, and it's got, uh, you know, like a, a bond paper texture to it too. It's not just like, I don't know, a, a really thin, it's not a sticker really. I mean, it's, it's nice paper on there. Uh, so that's, it, it, ha- it has cool. a good feeling on, on your, um, in your hand. Like it's got like, some texture to it yeah and the tree is hand drawn every year and it's like it's like a piece of artwork i i really i really enjoy it um i like the care that they put into it i like the artwork i like the old um labeling and and the old bottle um you know i think the the first time i ever had one of these um was uh it was thanksgiving um the year after i turned 21 I was in college and, um, I think I got picked up by mom and dad, you know, with obviously you and Mark, I don't think our brother John was there and drove to Port Huron to our cousin's house for Thanksgiving dinner. I was, I was so hungover. I was just crushed (laughs) and I'm I'm at their house just kind of waiting for dinner, just sitting around and our other cousin, our older cousin, Rennie handed me a beer, handed me one of these Anchor Christmas ales. It was the first time I'd ever had an Anchor beer at all. Definitely the first time for Anchor Christmas. And I drank it and was just like, pow, this is awesome. I love this beer. It's got flavor. It's like got spicy notes. This is different than anything I had ever had before. And it really like opened my eyes. I was like, this is good beer. Drank it and enjoyed it. And then after that beer was in me, I felt a lot Much better than better I did before. Had <laughs> <laughs> away, but, cousin Rennie. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Rennie, for my uh, my uh, first anchor, and uh, it's turned into a a long love. I I do really like this this um, this brewery. Like, it's got one of my favorite um, beer tours. They they're in an old building in San Francisco. They use old copper kettles, and they have these like white jumpsuits that all the brewers wear. And it's just a, it's a cool old school kind of kind of spot beers tasty and they used to do like these holiday parties for a little bit before the pandemic you could pay like 20 bucks or 25 bucks and go and do like uh, um, a christmas sale tasting you could taste um this year's and some of the old ones they'd have they'd break open and then you could take home a um, barrel aged version of like the year before oh wow which is strong yeah like 10% 10% or something. They do cool stuff like that. They've got a, um, a new like public tap room um, next to the brewery. It's just a good spot. It's good beer. It's historic. They were, I do, I do like have to mention that they were um, acquired by uh, Sapporo. Uh, that was back in 2017. That's a Japanese company, right? Yeah. The, the, yeah. The, uh, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, that's what you drink in like sushi houses. You drink the Sapporo. Yeah. Bought them for bought them for eighty five million dollars. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know you, you, I don't know how you turn that deal down, but I'm wondering if maybe that's like part of the reason for the um, the rebrand. It's like okay, we're not going to do these expensive bottled <laughs> anymore. We're just going to do cans with a very easy <laughs> color and um, logo scheme. And yeah, that makes that sounds there. right. I mean that that makes that's sense. fine. 
I don't want to be like the old, the old, the old curmudgeon totally that's like, oh, they sold out, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, a, a little I mean, bit. they literally <laughs> sold out. But, I mean, it, at the same time, it's like, you know, hey, what can you can you blame somebody? I, I don't know. Sometimes you can. I think most cases you can't. Yeah, you could have just kept the old logos. That's all I ask. <laughs> sure, that's not that's not so that's not so much to ask. Yeah, my old timey maritime logos on the um, nice curved glass bottle with some texture on the front. That's that's not too much to ask for, is it? <laughs> the Anchor Brewery tour is now on my list for the next time I come out to visit in San Francisco. Oh, I'm in. You and me, let's do it. It's a blast. You go yeah. and um, it's like these. The, these copper kettles are just beautiful. They're just like shiny. They have open um, air fermenters that you can look into. They got a room with just like a bag of hops that you can like literally like they'll let you just like pick them up and put them in your face. And then when you're done, you get to taste all the beers. It's awesome. That sounds great. I, I haven't been on too many brewery tours. Um, I've done I've done the Miller. That was in Milwaukee uh-huh. just because we broke down there. Um, <laughs> you and I uh who else were we with mark i guess and john i think i think it was just the four of us did the um sweetwater tour in atlanta yes yes that was great um and then i did lakefront brewery in milwaukee did you come with me on that one before you know we went to that and it was like we missed like the cutoff or something so we didn't we didn't end up going and, and i regret that so for your audience, at least, let me set the scene a little bit. Um, across the river from where I lived in Milwaukee is Lakefront Brewery, and they're they're not a they're not a massive craft beer. They they you know sell a lot in Wisconsin and Illinois. You can find it here in Michigan some, uh, but they do a good job. They you know it's nothing nothing special, but it's solid. And they were in a really old building, and they do um, scheduled tours every weekend. Um, and the best though is if you can do it, do a Friday tour. You go on the the tour and you get to drink beer or whatever. And then in their tap room, uh, they'll do a fish fry and a polka band. And it's just <laughs> quintessential Milwaukee. It's fantastic and lovely and wonderful. Love it. Um, I love and it. And their beer is good. It's nothing. It's nothing great. It's nothing special. But it's solid and it's tasty. I used to when I lived in Milwaukee. That was one of my you know go to. Just like oh, at the grocery store, yeah, I'll pick up a Lakefront River West Stein or whatever because um, mm-hmm. it, it's good and solid. That's all you can ask for is good and solid. Well, when you live in Beer City, USA, you can you can raise your standards a little bit. Uh, it's true, but there's like a um, there's a brewery a restaurant um, down by the ocean here. It's called um, the Beach Chalet, and the food's like, eh, and um, but the views are nice of the ocean, right? And they mm. have they brew their own beer there, and it's like the beer's like it's okay. Like they have a beer, and it's like I drink it, and I'm like, oh, it's pretty good, you know. It's not like the best in town, but. It's pretty good. (laughs) So sometimes that's just, just fine. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And if you've got a fish fry and a polka band, like, yeah, that, I mean, that makes beer, (laughs) that like, that's, that takes the beer taste level, like up a notch for sure. Atmosphere makes a big difference, you know? Totally. It's like an ocean view at the place at the beach LA, like a polka band in in, uh, Milwaukee makes the beer taste. Oh, so sweeter. (laughs) Yeah, and, uh, and Milwaukeeans, they know what they're about with their polka, just for the record. <laughs> Mil- Milwaukee's? 
Is that what you call them? Milwaukee's? Milwaukee's? Milwaukeeans? <laughs> Mil- Milwaukee's, Milwa- right? Milwaukee. There are, there are some Wooks in Wisconsin, or in Milwaukee, for sure. <laughs> I, went to an, I went to enough concerts at the uh, Rave uh, in, in Milwaukee. You, did you come? You must have come to shows with me at the Rave in Milwaukee when I was there. That was, that was usually why you'd come to visit was to come, because there'd be a band playing, right? We, yeah, we go see we go see music at the rave, and that's like the most dumpy, terrible like music venue in the world. And security is so mean; they'll like they'll just like manhandle you to like to look for like a dime bag of weed or something. And it's just like oh, I don't have anything, I swear. And, and they like shove you inside and yell at you, and the floors were sticky and it smelled bad, but oh, but it was so awesome. And so th- this place is a a big old building that's tall and each level is a different venue with different sizes so on like the the ground floor is more like loungy style small like where you'd have like a three-piece like you know jazz band or whatever like something something small and then they'd have the rave hall which is like i don't know what a 1500 capacity um you know just typical balcony with a floor um concert venue and then they'd have the eagles ballroom which is the upstairs which is actually really cool um and it's an historic venue and every single act came through milwaukee because it's just like on their way from chicago to either like madison or minneapolis or vice versa and so there'd be so many bands that would come through and back when i was living there uh i started i moved in I moved to Milwaukee in the fall of 06 and lived there for three years for school. And they would have these, these vouchers um, where you essentially got free tickets. Oh yeah. Those vouchers. I remember (laughs) those. (laughs) And they were everywhere and they were for like every single show. And essentially it was like, you can come in free with a two drink minimum. And yes, so you get right. <laughs> you get your two drink tickets, but you'd have to pay like ten or twenty bucks or something like that. And it was, it, but it was like a so you get like a twenty dollar show with two free drinks um, is the way I looked at it, and it was awesome. Yeah, and, it was probably a ten dollar drink at the time, like when we were going. It was probably a ten dollar drink at the time, which is spendy for a you know. Poor no, but it was a, us, but like it was at the time. <laughs> it was a it was but, a twenty dollar yeah, voucher. Concert. Yeah, it was a twenty dollar <laughs> exactly. concert with two free drinks. You were probably get you were getting those drinks anyway. <laughs> exactly. Yes, it was awesome, and everybody came through. Um, I saw Medetsky's Schofield Martin and Wood there, uh, oh, which was act. really cool. I saw the Disco Biscuits there. I saw. Yeah, I, I think we went to there. we went to, we went to the Disco Biscuits together, and we went to um, Sector Nine together for sure. Humphreys McGee played there every you know once or twice a year. I think we saw. I think we saw the the disco biscuits in the big room. I was definitely there for that. We and we used the vouchers, and I think um, not to get like, not to turn this into a um, a jam band podcast, but um, <laughs> you were wearing you were wearing a um, an Umphreys McGee t shirt, and it's, I think on the way out or something, some disco biscuits kid kind of pointed at you and goes, "Chumphreys McDork." <laughs> Yes! I, oh my god, I can't believe you remember that. I had totally forgotten, but that's exactly I'll never what they said. Uh huh. Chumphreys McDork. Because, like, I don't know. The way I see it is I don't want to wear, like, the band that I'm going to see. I don't want to wear their t shirt. 
Like, I think that's kind of dorky. Like, if I'm going to go to see Humphreys, like, I don't want to wear my Humphreys shirt. I don't know. Um, if I'm going to see Fish, like, I don't know that I want to wear a Fish shirt. Because, like, I don't know. That's just, I don't know why, but that's just sort of how I feel. And so I was like, oh, I'll wear this old kind of cool Humphreys shirt to the to the Bisco show. And, and I guess that guy didn't like Humphreys McGee very much. Uh, Chumphreys McDork. Chumphreys McDork. <laughs> like, all right, guy. Oh my gosh! That was out like by that balcony towards the street front. It's an open air yeah. balcony. Um, yeah, that was that was cool. That's the only time I've seen Disco Biscuits. That was a fun show. Heck yeah, those guys are great. They never play California, so I'll probably never see them again. But I've seen them like five or six times, probably, maybe more. Maybe more. Uh, did uh, you? Um, I'm glad you mentioned that that Christmas ale um, from Bell's, the old fashioned. I had. I, it reminds me of a holiday like themed beer that I had this year. That was kind of interesting. It was um, Cellar Maker. I was going there a bunch um, before they closed down, and one of the days that I was there, they were um, tapping a cask that they made with their um coffee stout called um coffee and cigarettes it's a smoked coffee stout uh very delicious beer they put it in a cask with um cocoa nibs or chocolate and um peppermint and let it sit for you know oh yeah a long a long time and so they they tap this open i'm just like oh peppermint cocoa smoked um stout that sounds right up my alley i love minty stuff and um so i had i had one of those and um you know like i think uh mint beer sounds good on paper but i think in practice it's not maybe the best thing (laughs) in the world that's probably why you don't see a lot of uh mint beers out out in the world it's uh because it sort of doesn't i don't think it really works (laughs) They, they just don't match together is that the idea you know yeah you're drinking your beer and all of a sudden it's just like it kind of tastes like toothpaste and the chocolate and the beer it just doesn't it doesn't really work together so yeah because beer is supposed to have a little bit of a you know bitter right flavor i mean that's you, you make beer with hops hops are bitter like there's some element of bitterness really to any beer and mint is just such a polar opposite huh Exactly. It sounded it sounded like a great idea, and I've had like one other mint beer, like mint kind of stout, um, ever before, and I think I felt the same way. It was like I like the idea, but this just isn't. I feel like you could make like a like a grasshopper or like a like a a thin mint beer that might be good, but maybe maybe I'm just maybe you got to add some like liquor or something. (laughs) What's yeah, like uh, peppermint schnapps? You got to put some. 
<laughs> yeah, me. A peppermint schnapps uh, beer cocktail. Maybe that's maybe that's my new tradition for next year. Oh my gosh, I would stick with your homemade coffee liqueur. That sounds way better. It turned out it, this is probably my best batch this year, so um, I, I'm happy. I'm happy with it. I've never been a big uh, like coffee liqueur guy um, in general, but this holiday. Um, my mother-in-law was talking about the salted caramel Baileys and, but oh, like, that doesn't sound too bad. It, yeah. And, and she had had it with some friends recently, but like, you know, the Baileys is really expensive, but they make, there's a, there's a, a knockoff Baileys brand that makes the same stuff for half the price. And so when I was at Total Wine looking for my anchor steam or my anchor Christmas ale, um, I, I went and picked up this bottle of it and they drank most of it and we had some left. And so I was just sitting behind, like, this was, I don't know, two weekends ago, maybe. And I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to pour some of this in my coffee. <laughs> and yeah, I drink my, uh, yeah. I drink my coffee black. <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't like sweetener at all in my coffee. It's, it doesn't taste good to me. It's too rich. It's too sweet. It's not good. But I was like, I like salted caramel. Like, let me just throw this in my coffee as a cocktail. Sometimes I'll throw a little bit of, you know, whiskey in my coffee, something like that. But I was like, it was, it was really good. It was, it was really nice uh, to have, you know, it was, yeah. it was cream and it was sweet and it was caramelly, uh, but it was boozy too. And like, yeah, the salted caramel uh, coffee liqueur with my coffee. It was delicious. Yeah, that sounds good. I would, I would be on board with that for sure. For sure. I take my coffee black too, but. You know, like a, a little bit of uh, creamy booze in there. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll sign up for that. Yeah, I wouldn't want cream, like just creamer. I got one time from Dunkin' Donuts driving through. I just wanted like a black coffee, and I got one that was like loaded with cream, and I spit it. <laughs> I know it's too much. It's too much. <laughs> yeah, this this is this is Carolands is the brand. Oh yeah, um, the knockoff you know Baileys. Yeah. Yep, the knockoff Baileys, and it was, and it was great. I went to, I went to Rishi's. I don't know. If, I don't know if you know of Rishi's in Grand Rapids. Uh uh-uh. uh It's a it's a primary it's a wine and beer and liquor store. Um, okay. You know, a, a local place, not a chain or anything like that, and and they're really great. And actually, so when I got that, it wasn't because I was looking for the anchor. I was I was getting wine for my wife. And so I go up and like, oh, she wants some cabs and I'm looking there and, and there's Rishi and he's got a turban on and he's on a ladder stocking wine. He's like, oh, can I help you? And I'm like, at, at first, my instinct when somebody at a store is saying, you know, can I help you? My instinct is like, no, I'm good. Like, I'm fine. I don't want to be bothered. Yeah. I was like, wait, no, yeah, you can totally help me. And I'm like, I'm looking for like, what's a really good Cabernet between like 10 and $20. And he's uh, like, oh, well, yeah, here. And he just like. Well, I, I, I don't know about it. really good, but. <laughs> For the price point. You, yeah, okay. You, pretty good. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right. So so let me set this stage, <laughs> Mr. California Wine Snob, suddenly. Um, they had a sign up, uh, a little placard. <laughs> That was at, that was promoting this particular bottle, and I, I couldn't tell you what it was because I you know I got four different bottles and I don't remember which one this was, uh, but it said like, you know, almost as good as Camus, 
but for like you know a quarter of the price kind of thing. And so it's okay. supposed to be like this. That's what the sign said. Is like a, what's that? That's what the sign said. Almost as good as Camus. Something like it, that was the gist yeah, okay. of it. It, it. it was a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> you know it was a better sales pitch than that but that was the, that's, the gist that's pretty it. good uh, honestly i don't know <laughs> yeah because camus is great uh but it, you know yeah. it's like 80 bucks a bottle um <clears throat> and so i was like oh yeah i'll pick up a bottle that is supposed to taste like camus for you know 19 dollars sure um but he's like oh yeah i hear this is really nice and this is really nice and this is really nice and they were they were really good um, and I was like, oh, I'm also looking for this salted caramel, you know, Bailey's, but not Bailey's. And it's like, oh, I know right where that is. And he took me to it and, <laughs> you know, reached with the turbine on. Like, they still, yeah. even though you got total wine down the road and, you know, that has everything in their mother, like, you still have somebody who just knows their stuff. Um, and it, it's good to support local. Good to support local business. So is that it, Steve? Is it, or, or, I've finished my beer. I mean, I could I could pour another Michigan beer at this point. Uh, I, I don't think I'll do the eleven point eight percent old fashioned from Bell's, but I've um, I've I'm finishing off the um, the KBS from that I've been drinking earlier. Oh, there you go. Uh, I know. Um, so I don't know. I guess we we're kind of. Um, Reach the end. I just have a maybe a couple more questions for you, and uh, we'll, we'll call it a night. How about that? So, have you have you watched any Bluey? A little bit, um, not like you guys. I, I listened to your last pod episode <laughs> with your with your lovely wife, my wonderful sister in law. Um, I could not name an episode. Um, I, I've seen it. I've watched it like once or twice. My kids aren't like super into it, um, but I like the Australian accents. Uh, yeah, see if you can get them into it. Well, it's it's different for us because we only have like one TV in one room. You know, like we can't. It's like we're we're watching this together, and this is something we can all agree on. So this is what we watch. So obviously, we've seen like every episode a bunch of times. But you guys can you 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 can put your kids in a different room and be like watch whatever you're gonna watch and yeah, <laughs> have a little piece of, have a little uh-huh. piece of quiet somewhere else. <laughs> especially like on a Saturday morning. It was an epiphany for me when I realized that Saturday morning cartoons were invented so that parents could sleep in and just send their kids down in front of the TV uh, early morning on Saturday. Oh, I can't wait till my kid's old enough to like turn the TV on himself and just like put on his own bluey episodes and let me get a little shut eyed. Jeez uh-huh. Louise. So yes, I, I've seen, I've seen bluey. I know of it. I know what it is. I love the accents, but I don't know the show. I, I'm not a, 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 I'm not a connoisseur like you and Amanda. Okay, that's not the answer I wanted, but I'll accept it. Um, what's your favorite fish song? Divided Sky. Divided Sky. Yeah, that's a good one. That's my that's my favorite song of all. That's my favorite song of of any song ever. Um, Divided Sky is of all time. I think it's the best song ever written.
And you can't you can't go wrong with Divide the Sky, right? It's like it's like the classic. It's uplifting. It's got great solos. Oh, it's amazing. It's incredible. It's incredible. The the composition is just gorgeous. It's gorgeous it. from from start to finish. It 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 soars. It does soar. Okay. Do you have any uh, like? Do you have any legal advice for our listeners? Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, for the last eight years plus years, I've been a I've been a plaintiff's personal injury attorney. Uh, the biggest takeaway is pay attention to your insurance. Uh, uh-huh. you, you know, don't 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 do progressive name your own price because you're going to get shit insurance by trying to get a good deal and make sure that you get enough coverage, especially for um, collision insurance. I get a lot of phone calls from people who don't have collision coverage and somebody else causes an accident and crashes their car and they can't get more than like 1500 bucks from the other driver because that's just the way the law works because they don't have the coverage for it. And they're like, well, how am I going to get to work? It's like, well, you got to find a dumpy car that you can buy for 1500 bucks. Um, or, you know, the idea is really like you get uninsured and underinsured motorist coverage. If you're, you know, you got a car, um, it's really cheap and you can get a lot of coverage. So if somebody who's uninsured or somebody who has crap insurance, injures you or a family member of yours, um, you turn to your own policy. And so like, I've got a million bucks in underinsured motorist coverage. And so if like somebody comes and, you know, crashes into me and gorps me, um, or one of my kids or my wife, uh, we have access in dollars in insurance coverage, no matter what the other driver has. And so you take it out of the whims of somebody else who may be using the the uh, progressive name your own price tool and has you know crap coverage and you guarantee that you've, you that you're protected. So that would be the biggest legal advice. That and don't talk to cops. <laughs> that's that that's good advice. Get good insurance. Don't talk to cops. And just an addendum, I would say maybe like look into um, buying an e-bike and maybe getting rid of your car altogether. That's my advice. <laughs> yeah, so we've got we've got the um like Lime e-bikes now in Grand Rapids and I rode one for the first time. I, I rode it over to Founders actually. Um and that was the first time I had ever ridden an e-bike and it was uh it was really cool. It it was a fun experience and a different sort of uh feel and I was like, yeah, this is this is cool. Hey, uh, uh I'm an e-bike evangelist, so Let's everyone get an e-bike. Let's get e-bike tax credits. Let's everyone get on an e-bike. Let's do it. Do they have e-bike tax credits under the under the big uh, climate bill that passed last year? I know they have tax credits for like a boatload of stuff. Yeah, I think it was in there in the beginning, and then it got cut for you know dumb reasons. And 
but it's it's uh, people are talking about it. Some states are doing it. Uh, like Cal- Denver is like doing their own um, oh, e-bike. Denver tax would be an amazing been, place for e-bikes. Yeah, it's and it's been ve- it's been very successful and very popular. So I'm hoping uh, other municipalities, states, and hopefully the feds will uh, follow suit someday. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any uh, New Year's resolutions? Not. Re- I'm. I'm good. Not. I- my new my new year's goal nothing no no not nothing not nothing it's uh i i want i want to have a really big year at work i haven't really thought about too much else to be honest although i am going to go on a diet with my wife here in a, a week or so which is why the timing of this podcast and drinking all this great beer was great oh no um, that does that mean no more beer oh no for like for like a month Oh, okay, and then fine, I'm, and then I'm taking my kids fine. to Disney World, and I've got to drink beer at Disney World. Just, <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> I wouldn't survive it without. Um, Wait, I didn't think you could drink at Disney World. Am I? Oh, am I crazy? Yeah. Have you ever heard of Drink Around the World at Epcot? Oh, you got to go to Epcot, but the Magic Kingdom you can't drink. Magic it, right? can't, If you go to a restaurant, they you know you can get a you can get a beer at a like a sit down restaurant or whatever. But no, at Magic Kingdom is notoriously hard to find uh, drinks at. That's true. Um, but I mean, yeah, and my birthday's coming up and March Madness and all that. So like you know that's going to be the trick. But yeah, I'm gonna you know try to try to lose a little weight and uh, but no, I my 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 big goal is like I just want to have a really big year at work. Yeah. I, hey, um, working hard, working hard in 2023. I like that. That's, I think that's, yeah. a good, that's a good, um, you know, I heard there's like, there's only been like five minutes of sunshine for like in Grand Rapids since like spring yeah. or something. So why you might, as, you might as well do a little work. It's too dark to do anything else. <laughs> you want to hear my new year's resolutions? Absolutely, I hundred percent do. I'm gonna uh, keep working on the podcast. This has been fun. I enjoy uh, talking about beer and um, talking about beer with people I am friends with and family and that I care about. And I am going to not wait so long to drink my barrel aged beers. I'm not gonna hold on to them for three years. I'm gonna drink them faster. I'm gonna go through my small little closet shelf where I keep all my barrel aged beers. I'm going to go through and I'm going to drink them and I'm going to enjoy them and I'm going to drink them faster than I've been doing. I'm not going to hold on to stuff for, uh, I'm not going to hold on to a Christmas ale for, for nine years. You hear me? I like that. You just got to suck it up. You just got to suck it up and do it. You know, to, to hell with everybody else who doesn't want to drink beer with you. <laughs> Do, do it on your own and save and save your scotch uh for you know the scotch won't get bad <laughs> yeah no one's no one's gonna drink the the bourbon barrel aged beers that i have no one's drinking that with me so i'm just gonna drink it by myself and it'll be fine i can i i'm a big boy i can drink it by myself yeah there you go well if you ever if you ever move back to west michigan we can drink them together yeah, exactly. Unless you're on like a unless you're on a diet or something, we'll we'll, we'll drink the, the barrel aged beers. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay, I gotta say this has been like so much fun. You and I obviously could like sit and talk all day and all night because you know we're brothers. So um, this has been a, a fun, enjoyable time for me. I hope it was for you as well. It was a lot of fun. I've been looking forward to this since you asked me to be on and. Uh, 
yeah, it, it, this this has been great, and I enjoy listening. I've enjoyed listening to your other episodes too. And I'm looking forward to hearing your uh, intro on this one and everything else that you, you put out. It's great. Heck yeah! I I hope you uh let, we'll we'll try to make a time to to do it again. Um, I'm I, I'm always in need of guests, so I'll probably uh try to make you come come back another time. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, great. Um, so that's it for me. This is uh, Beer Matters, the podcast. I'm your host, Steve. Thanks again for listening. This will be my fourth episode, and I've got almost like 100 listeners since the beginning, which is amazing to me. Keep listening. Um, I'll keep putting episodes out, and I'll try to uh, put them out in a more timely fashion, I promise. <laughs> that's my other news resolution. Put my episodes out in a timely fashion. Thanks again for listening, and uh, cheers. We'll catch you next time.